Hey everyone, welcome to a very special episode of the Pursuit of Resolution podcast. I'm your host Krishna Goenka and I'm so proud to say that this is our 10th episode. Today, I'm joined by Ayush, Adarsh, Shristi and Varun of Clear 11 to discuss the ever so controversial topic of exams and assessments. The timing could not be better, however, as we ourselves are approaching our end of year exams. So let's just get straight into it. What is everyone's sort of thoughts and emotions when, when you hear the word test or assessment? Um, so for me, the word test, or as soon as I hear the word test or assessment, I get um, an initial sort of fear or a dread um, that like no matter what it is, I'm going to have to spend extra time preparing for it and have some extra mind space to you know set aside for that. And um, even if it's a small unit assessment, the fact that it's there and, you know, the fact that someone's going to be grading us on that, that adds that extra um, stress and that extra pressure. So I normally do get stressed as soon as I hear the word. Um, but after that, as I started, like, work my way through what they actually expect of us, what the portions are and um, how well prepared I am, it can either go up or down my stress levels. Yeah, I mean, I also broadly like the same kind of thing. Like first, when I look at an exam, like when I or when I like see that I have an exam, um, it'll either be like a mixture of panic and anxiety and stuff. So, yeah, and then and then I, my my first response is kind of just to like look at the portions, see what we're gonna try to find out, like how to how to improve my knowledge and how to improve my proficiency and all of those things before before the test comes around. Um, yeah, similar sort of um, ideas where there's obviously obviously like an initial uh, you know intimidating factor of test just because it's a it's it is like by definition it's checking your like competence. Um, so I think uh, after that there's also uh, like others mentioned. Um, I think I try to rationalize the test by planning out for it. I think that's what a lot of individuals also do. So you're not as intimidated by. It. Yeah, I have to agree with this. And also, especially now that it's all online assessments at home, it's kind of worse because you're sitting literally in your bedroom or when you're sitting in your house and doing this, and it, it's not uh, the same. So there's a different kind of stress, but it's stressful nonetheless. Yeah, I think we're all in agreement that, you know, exams sort of cause stress and, and, and you know, they create a uh, feeling of anxiety in, in everyone. So you know we we've come across mainly two types of assessments nowadays one which is sort of a continuous assessments which are you know smaller tests which are more frequent and the other system i think what mostly we follow in our school is sort of larger exams maybe less frequent uh, so which one do you think is more feasible uh, you know just in terms of the practicality and also sort of stress that it causes would you say that uh, you know continuous exam causes less stress or more stress what do you think is more feasible and practical um so this is kind of uh from what i've heard from my friends who are um, in the us and have like a more continuous exam system and also like what we experienced right like you mentioned um like you mentioned which is uh, exams at the end of the year which have more weightage so i think um from what i've heard those exams which are continuous have less weightage right so it kind of keeps you on your toes constantly but knowing that if you you know mess one up because it was an off day or because you haven't understood something in class uh, i feel like that's more um 
diagnostic for the teachers as well to you know kind of understand where you are because the point of exams is to understand how well you know the subject right and um so having these kind of keeping you on your toes so you're constantly paying attention and doing well in those classes um that'll i think that way continuous examination is better than having that uh stress of if people don't pay attention the entire year and they have like two two days to kind of cram everything before the exam that just adds a lot more pressure and a lot more stress and obviously i'm not condoning like putting off studying until the end but um i do think that continuous testing with lesser weightage per test is um it it achieves the goal of exams better than uh final testing i i do agree i feel like continuous testing is a better metric of comprehension just because um uh, at, at the because comprehension isn't just about memory right um i feel like uh, at the end of end of your testing just test your ability to recall and uh, um uh, and uh, spew out the information on the paper but um con uh, continuous continuous testing might uh, Uh, assess smaller amounts of syllabus so that really tests your uh, understanding of conceptual knowledge um which might might not be tested in a overall paper which um which is more dependent on cramming a larger amount of syllabus which might not result in actual understanding of concepts but simply mugging up of same concepts so i think it's important to um i think uh, i think continuous testing is a more effective method but the both can be uh, an amalgamation of the two methods can be created uh, if you want to um um assess um, both the both sorts of uh, capabilities from students i also uh, i mean i agree that uh, continuous testing is a better solution but i actually I, i think i disagree with you on the point that uh that continuous testing tests your conceptual knowledge more because i feel like in continuous testing there's a since the the portions are so limited and how much you can be tested on is so limited your opportunity to um your opportunity to grasp the subject is much less whereas if you're taking a like an end of term exam or if you're taking a full year exam then that tests your knowledge of each and every uh each and every facet of that uh of of the, of the portions and they can combine all of those things individually to make something uh to to make it a more difficult and challenging experience for oh, i actually have to agree with others here uh, while i agree that um continuous testing might be a better way to comprehend the students understanding uh i feel like the shorter uh, sh shorter format actually causes students to rush and not uh properly uh be able to explain right what they want to write uh, personally i've done that where if it's 30 minutes as opposed to an hour and a half i tend to rush through the paper and end up missing something but if it's an hour and a half i can pace myself and give myself more time on questions which i know i'll take a longer time and short and take give short time on questions i know i can do easily so i think um longer assessments are better but i also have to agree that an, amalg an amalgamation of the two is probably the best um just i wanted to add one thing uh to adarsh's point which i kind of disagree with um so the fact that he said uh yeah he said that in the like when you have short term testing right like continuous testing you can't test on a lot of portions uh because you're doing it continuously but i think that depends on the regularity of the testing as well right because if you have tests after every chapter for instance then the testing your understanding of that specific chapter 
so uh, i think if you pace it well enough then it would it would be more helpful and um, another thing about varun's forest yeah varun's point is that um he mentioned that you can pace yourself in longer exams while that's true um to an extent and with longer exams you can also like for example in the ib if you want to try an entire paper it's better to have a longer exam that happens at the end of the year right but um at the same time if you have like six questions for example in a subject like math if you have six questions in one and a half hours versus two questions in half an hour it's the same kind of ratio so i don't think pacing would um make much of a difference in those kind of scenarios yeah i think you know there's been some great points made both you know in favor of uh, continuous assessments and some in favor of longer exams and i think i used first mentioned you know sort of ideal assessment style would be an amalgamation of both of them so uh just want to use that and sort of move forward to is any particular type of um, sort of testing style that it should be should it be uh, uh sort of an amalgamation of two different styles what do you think would fairly test one's education one's comprehension in the subject area because there seems to be some disagreement uh you know regarding the continuous assessments and the longer exams that they might not you know fairly test one's comprehension in subject area so is there one particular type or a mix of two types that will test um someone's understanding of a topic okay i think um first of all i think the method in which uh, uh examinations are held has to be has to be sort of changed right uh, i feel like the the regular pen and paper method of holding exams while it works to an extent uh isn't a, a a real conceptual uh it's isn't an isn't a test of conceptual knowledge it's instead just a test of which uh, students can handle the pressure of a test environment right that's literally the premise of uh comparative exams like the sat and uh uh i don't know the je and neat while they do test conceptual knowledge a lot it's actually when it comes down to it it's a test of whether a student can finish the test in the proper time can pay attention to all the questions and at the same time hold up under Uh, a highly stressful exam environment where um where the test is designed in such a way that when you sit down you're um you're you're faced with a challenge you're um you're 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 like personally affected or like you you feel scared of the contents of the test so i feel like the conventional pen and paper method of testing has to be changed um which obviously is extremely difficult um uh, if you want to create a standardized method but i think it's impossible to have a standardized method um uh in a world where no humans are standardized so i think it's um obviously so i think it is um important for um for schools to create a, a method that utilizes um that utilizes in class participation which i feel like is an extremely important metric because it actually indicates um how much students are paying attention and if they truly comprehend um this this the syllabus that is being taught uh mixed with um mixed with uh, content created by students themselves it could be timed or it could not be timed just to see how much uh, how much students are involved and engaging the subject because in my opinion um the real the, the real test for students caliber is not only the amount of information they can recall information they have but also how much interest they have in a particular subject area which i feel like is very important and that comes under involvement and i think um a test can be held obviously i feel like it is it is obviously important to hold tests because um Uh, because while it is placing student in a compromising position it's also it it's a direct assessment of a student's abilities right but i think it's uh, uh, if a if a sort of test could be developed that uh, perhaps doesn't have a particular time frame 
that gives students to really think about the contents of the test and actually um, effectively recall without the pressure of a clicking, uh, uh, without the pressure of a taking time bomb. So I agree with Ayush definitely that um, having like to gauge their interest in the subject and how they actually perform without the time constraint and how, you know, whether how much that adds to the pressure. An interesting way to kind of assess them um, is, uh, this might not work in large classrooms, obviously, but um, in smaller classrooms where the teachers can, you know, provide these exam problems or sample problems that they work through with the kids. So it's a kind of a tutorial system, but you're understanding how um, you actually work through the problem and you're actually seeing the, un because it's not just the final answer that matters when you're working that way. It's about how you approach the process and you know how your mind goes how you think uh, and I think that's also very important when understanding someone's depth of understanding I mean I also think I also kind of agree with that I think like the, the main problem with standardized testing is that you can't like while it does I agree with Ayush that like it it does like broadly test students ability but that ability can only be put into like certain groups you can't say definitively that a person who got say a 15 10 on the sat is smarter than someone who got a 14 80 like that that's not a conclusion that you can reach directly because there are a lot of mitigating factors and other kind of other issues that might have resulted in a lower score or a higher score so i think when it comes to that you need something that's a little bit more robust that'll uh that'll try to make uh that will try to make it easier for students to uh, take the exam. For example, uh, doing projects like, for example, uh, in AP exams in some in some courses, you have to submit a project along with your written pen and paper exam. I think those are the kind of things where it it asks us, it it, it demands from the students to be creative and it adds to that element of doing things outside of what's just given in the syllabus of learning in math, say, learning how to solve a polynomial equation or something. Yeah, um, you know, everyone's mentioned that there needs to be some changes and there are a few points mentioned, you know, how uh, one sort of metric to sort of test students would be their participation in class or something like that. So just uh, coming back to something very specific now, uh, a diploma that we're in the IB diploma, what would you change about the IB diploma, the testing that there is um, and the current education system, you know, where we have uh, like two unit assessments per subject, we have a mid-year assessment and we have an end of year assessment each term. So, and in addition to this, we have our IAs and we have our EE, all of that. So uh, what would you change about the IB in terms of its testing? Actually, um, I feel that conceptually, um, uh, conceptual. I'll give it a shot. Uh, actually, I feel like uh, conceptually, uh, just from a, like just the concept of the IB is pretty sound if you think of it, right? Uh, in that um, IAs and E's give an opportunity to the student to one demonstrate interest, which is important in my opinion, and two, um, it removes one aspect of the exam situation, and it's sort of I, I don't want to say free marks, but it also but it sort of allows a student to um, score high in the subject, even if perhaps they might not have scored high if uh, they, if they, uh, uh, if they, if, 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 if the whole um, subject grade was based on one particular exam. So I think conceptually is good, but I think the execution is slightly flawed um, in the fact that having IAs for 
both standard levels uh, and um, and high levels is a bit flawed in that a student clearly doesn't have um, extreme interest in the standard most of the standard levels right especially if um, somebody's trying to study say uh, biology but one of the standard levels is economics a student does not have demonstrated knowledge in that they're taking it because it's a requirement of the ib so i feel like ib should um, be more centered towards uh, demonstrated interest-based exams uh, and uh, and perhaps uh, and and perhaps align themselves more towards a more effective method of testing, which is having eyes only for higher levels. And coming to the actual uh, parent paper exams, I feel like that also can be reformed a little bit. Um, that can also be reformed a little bit to um, not be as much of a, a content throw up as I like to call it, uh, and more of an exam that judges um, actual understanding. Because I feel like a lot of uh, the IB exams, it's uh, just, uh, throwing up content uh, at questions? Um, I, so personally, I actually enjoy the coursework that IB has to offer because it means that 100% of my grades isn't based on what I write at the end of two years of study. Uh, though it's a low percentage that coursework is, uh, it's still better than having to like write a, you have your entire grade based on exams you write. Like in the in IGCC, for example, most of uh, us didn't really have any coursework. It was just state pen paper exams. So, like, and our grades were based on previous exams written, which we might have not as done as well, as well in. So I think that coursework is good, but I feel like um, the way at least the way our school structures the way the coursework is, they should give us more time and maybe teach the subjects in a way which might give us better ideas for things like our eyes or any uh, E or anything that we have to do. Um, so it's not a restructuring of the IB system, but more how the school runs it. I very much agree with Varun um, in the sense that the IB itself um, isn't a bad idea. It's just the way some schools execute it. Um, like definitely the whole aspect of having more time actually going into the chapters because right now what's happening and what has been happening a lot in our school is that they finish 90% of the portions by like 11th grade-ish, right? Like at least 70 to 80%. And so they rush through the chapters. And in when they do that, you don't get a conceptual understanding. You don't have a strong foundation of what's in the chapters because they've rushed through it. And then they spent a large part of a majority of 12th grade just revising, right? And although revision is important, it's not just about, you know, writing the exam and doing well in the specific IB. It's about gaining the knowledge that you can use later on in life. And if we don't have strong foundations because they rush through everything in 11th, that's not helpful for anyone. So that's why I think the way that schools approach the IB should be different to make it more supportive for the students and ensure that they actually understand what's happening and not just understand how the IB works and how to answer it to score only in the IB, but actually understand the subjects. And yeah. To add on to that, um, maybe standardize things between similar subjects. Like I know, especially in each of the sciences, they have very different procedures when it comes to writing your IA or anything like that. 
So if you have like a standard procedure that you give all students, then maybe that'll help. It's, it's because I take physics and chemistry. Physics, you have one procedure and then chemistry gives you a whole other procedure and it's, it's, it's kind of confusing and it just, it makes everything that much harder. So. Yeah, um, personally, I don't have that problem because I'm only taking one science. Um, but yeah, I agree with most of what's been said, you know, that IB fundamentally doesn't need to go any changes, but rather the school, uh, which have school that follows the IB diploma needs to change the way it sort of runs the program. And I think, uh, you know, one thing I wanted to think about now, just taking into account the current situation, you know, we're, we're facing a lot of uncertainty regarding school opening, our exams happening and uh you know just everything because of covid there's no real certainty of anything and how, how do you think this affects you know the way that schools run and uh, the exams work because i think it plays an important part we have exams coming up and i would say that everyone's been affected by covid in some way or the other so do you think that exams you know we've spoken about how it's uh, test your pressure, your ability to handle pressure. So in the current situation, do you still think it's uh, a suitable way for measuring someone's comprehension and topic? I mean, at least like from my perspective, at least like being in being in the United States, I think there's like right now, schools have been very much adversely affected by COVID and like all the accompanying factors with students being out, being remote like classes have not they've simply not been able to get through the portions they haven't been able to do the kind of things in the classroom that they would have expected to have done in a normal year and that's really set students back and i think that's why uh it, at least in the u.s like uh companies like the, the college board they aren't uh they aren't budging and they still have the same uh the same level of portions i think that's where the kind of issue comes in with students having not finished the portions but still being forced to take the exam and that's when it kind of it becomes unfair in a sense because because students it's it, through no fault of their own students have simply not been taught the subject matter and yet they're still being challenged to it and they're being put on the same level of students who have taken the who have uh, received that knowledge so for example if someone were to take an AP exam this year as compared to last year, they would be compared with the same weightage while the students who've taken it this year would be uh, would have a much less understanding of the subject matter and therefore be more prone to getting a lower score. Okay, um, so I would say exams do make sense because uh, like we've seen in the past and uh, exams have been used to calculate um, grades which were used uh, for uh, grade years when board exams were cancelled like this year and the year before that and we had that in IGCSE. Uh, maybe not as many exams but uh, it's it's somewhat necessary if, it, if we're still going with the way the schooling system still works. So I would say exams still do make sense but also maybe have a combination of exams and different kinds of coursework. So I agree with the others in the sense that they, the examiners themselves need to take into consideration the difficulties that people face during COVID and, you know, reduce portions or things like that, which a lot of curriculum uh, curricula have done. Um, but yeah, one thing I would like to bring up, though, is that 
having it on an online platform makes it no matter what platform you use it immediately makes it more um makes makes it more susceptible to be cheated right and so people who may not work as hard or may not actually have an understanding of as deep an understanding of the subject may appear to have that understanding when they're tested and so the entire purpose of being tested which is to diagnose the students is defeated right because they aren't actually because they're cheating and they aren't rejecting what they actually know so i think in that sense um it's important that schools figure out a way how to not let people cheat and so people actually work for it and get the knowledge that they need because at the end of the day there's no point of testing if you don't learn right that's the reason they test so i think that's an important thing that schools need to consider um yeah i think you know that makes a lot of sense and shushi i think you uh, raised a very interesting point in i think what was your last sentence that uh, you know test uh, they test how someone's understood something and you mentioned cheating um and i think when you look about it uh, when you think about it so um the key benefits of exams are the sort of competitiveness it creates and you know particularly if you look at our school i feel that it's quite a competitive school where you know exams and the grades that they generate uh, push people forward and push them to strive better and do better um, better than the friends for example so do you think that uh, this is uh, you know what is to be gained by testing grading and creating class and other differences by uh, between students uh, other other than the competitiveness obviously like you said competitiveness plays a large role in testing right um but also i i feel like um sometimes competitiveness can be a big detriment to um testing because if you look at a lot of um indian exams right like um indian coaching centers or things like that uh, not not only indian like any coaching centers that you have that do the a ranking system right it puts an immense amount of pressure on students to um you know strive to be better than others and you know make sure that always ahead and if if you start falling behind for any reason then that is an added pressure and you have that um so of course there is definitely a level of healthy competition in there but you also need to understand when it's becoming unhealthy right because mental health is important and knowing your limits is important right so uh, i think even if competitiveness doesn't exist in other forms of um testing for example a more like working through the process kind of testing or a project based testing project based testing can still have levels of competitiveness but um with lesser levels of competitiveness or ranking i feel like that will be more helpful to students in general yeah um i think similar but i think the way i see it is that um competitiveness is like obviously it's important and it's it's uh, it it's it's good it, it um, uh, in that it um in that it encourages students to bring uh, students to bring out the best in each other because they see their peers doing uh, well in a particular way and obviously they want to uh, one up each other that's the, that's human nature right uh, but i i feel like um it's not good when competitiveness plays a factor in the results of said test i feel like it, um, competitiveness is great when it's pushing students to do better on a particular test but it's not great when it's um actually giving students and uh ooh, sorry a glass broke outside uh, um so i i, I think competitiveness is important in um, pushing students to excel but um 
but i feel like it uh, is not great when it's um when it's um, it's not great when it's affecting the outcome of of the test uh, um, now obviously we come to the root of why um, entrance tests are uh, competitive it's uh, it's because governments or rather education uh, uh, institutions want uh, the cream of the crop right they want to um, obviously get the top ranked students uh, because that's what gives them more funding that's what makes their um, uh, their institution more present prestigious um so but the problem with having competitive testing is that it's not cons uh, it, it, uh, the problem with the ranking students competitively is that it's not um considering so many factors one being race the uh, the other one being race the other being cultural background the other being um um socioeconomic background and so on right like a test that a test that assesses like math skills might be harder for somebody who's not received a proper math education just because of the community they're brought up in say like um uh, say like if you're brought up in a uh, obviously it's a gross generalization but if you're brought, brought up in a village where there was no math teacher and you're expected to take a math test obviously you're going to do worse than somebody who um, went to an international school um, who had seven math teachers who could help him with the seven different concepts in a test right so i think it's uh, it's it's obviously um, uh, it's important to um, I, I think I think that uh, governments should um, I think it's important that a competitive uh, just ba just basically doing admissions based on competitive rankings is not a good system. Just considering the fact that the amount of externalities that are present and um, instead colleges should perhaps look at um, a more holistic uh, a more holistic uh, method methodology. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And just to like, kind of, uh, just kind of like, uh, like kind of prove that point. There's research that shows that more than forty percent of variance in exam scores between students is due to uncontrollable factors. So the students don't have any control over the mitigating factors that result in their test score being either higher or lower. So when you look at that kind of information, it clearly shows that. Uh, standardized testing, just testing in general, when you're talking about competitiveness, it isn't an accurate measure because students may not, for example, if someone is doing an extracurricular activity, that takes up more time. So then in the grand scheme of things, they may be a more well-rounded student than another person, but the other person might be getting a slightly higher exam score. So I think when you just look at testing in isolation, I think that's when the real problem comes in. And that's why I mentioned earlier with projects, I think projects are a more accurate measure of that because students have an ability to not only show their, uh, to show their knowledge and their ability to comprehend the subject matter, but they also have to prove that in a certain way. So for example, if you're taking a computer science class, if you have to make an application, that doesn't just test whether you know whether you know what the regular syntax for like Java is. You actually have to use that in a, in, an, in a, a proper in a environment, like an occupational environment or something similar to that. And I think that's what will really encourage students and that's what will really have a benefit for them later on in life rather than just taking a cumulative exam at the end of the year that has like 50 questions about random topics. Yeah, I think there were some really good points made, you know, and especially about there is a fine line between healthy competition and unhealthy competition. Uh, and I'm just, you know, uh, creating a scenario here where let's say exams were to be eliminated and 
you know, that's not the method that educational institutions would follow. So do you think, uh, you know, there's another method to gauge one's understanding or, and, and would it depend on the field, for example, would there be a different way of uh, gauging someone's interest and understanding in the field of medicine per se, or in the field of history? Do you think there's another method or exams are the most sort of efficient method to do so? I think, um, uh, obviously, I think I sort of, uh, I think a, a lot of some universities do this where it's, uh, I think it's, um, obviously, it's, it's pretty intimidating, but I feel like if um, doing uh, an, uh, um, an, um, an information based like interview or uh, a sort of a discussion or a presentation with somebody who works in that field, that might be the best way to judge um, a person's own interest and um, awareness of you know certain concepts in the subject like for example um, taking a test about physics or like say math might be uh, might be less productive than having say a two hour or an hour long discussion with a member of faculty um, of like the math department because the because a member of faculty has so many years of tenure and so on they can tell if an inter a student is truly interested in the subject and if they have the sort of subject um, if they have the sort of um, subject matter knowledge that's expected from somebody um, who's entering university and if they truly um, they truly love the subject to the point where they want to pursue it so I do feel like um, these sort of interviews are the best metric to judge whether a student uh, you know deserves an education in the subject i i think i, I mean i i disagree a little bit because i think there's uh there if you're looking at interviews and that kind of idea in how to test or gauge students knowledge i think that's when you uh when there enters too much subjectivity within like how to assess a student and that's when biases for example how a teacher views a particular student would lead to them getting easier questions or them discussing topics that are more suited to the student than others i think i think that's when you get into the topic of growth versus proficiency and that's obviously uh, that's obviously something you have to grapple with whether you're looking at growth of how 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 much a student has grown in a particular topic versus proficiency, just looking at how good the student, the student is currently. And that's why I think projects are a much better and a more robust solution because when you look at projects, you have a set rubric and you're able to, uh, you within that specific framework, a student, every time you look at a particular uh, framework, the student has to fit something within that and then, uh, and then kind of uh, do something of the, that they still like within the bounds of the subject area, which is also uh, which is also beneficial to the student and will also be something interesting for others to to see and to experience. So um, I definitely think that uh, varying it uh, according to the field it makes a lot of sense because and that's why a lot of colleges as well are valuing things like internships or research right because that's actually on the field things and while like definitely it's going to be hard to uh, for a high schooler to understand those kind of concepts or understand those applications that's a place for them to start right and um that's why i think that and especially if it's medicine right what is okay maybe not medicine because theoretical knowledge is important but if it's something that's very practical right practical applications of it where uh, you're only being tested on mundane theory 
then it doesn't make sense, especially, so for taking the example of physics, right? Um, the kind of things we do in class and the kind of things we get in tests are completely theoretical to the point where they're almost impossible in a real life scenario. We, we just um, don't include air resistance. We don't include friction. And those are things that actually we have to take into consideration if we want to apply it anywhere, right? Um, so in that sense, working with, so maybe the interview process, like Aish mentioned, does make sense. Uh, but also, like Adash mentioned, there are personal biases and subjectivity when it comes to that. But having like processes like internships or research where the students get to show that is more uh, useful in gauging their level of understanding and their ability to apply it. Yeah, I think you know, everyone has their own viewpoint. And, you know, it's something that, you know, using like an interview like I, I, uh, I suggested to show your interest in a particular field uh, and I think this varies from field to field but I think you know, that's an opportunity even internships to demonstrate your interest and your understanding in a certain subject uh, now just to get everyone's you know uh, final opinion what do you think exams or no yes but they have to be modified yeah I'd have to give it Ayush yeah. yes but modification uh, or rather than yeah with modification yeah i think as long as you make the correct modifications and you like add the correct you make a more robust system then i think yeah and you add and you add more facets to testing then i think the institution of like actually standardized testing will work i also agree saying yeah yeah we do need exam but um i do believe that modifications have to be taken and um the goal of the exam which is to diagnose a student and understand their level of understanding should be kept in mind throughout the framing process um yeah i think we all say yay and we're in agreement that you know exams are the best way um, to move forward but although there need to be some changes that need to be made uh, fundamentally to the way that exams are being implemented and I just hope that, you know, the right stakeholders are listening into this podcast every week. Um, and just they make note of this. Um, so with that, I think we, uh, we come to the end of this episode on uh, exams. And uh, yeah, I just want to thank uh, Shishti, Adarsh, Ayush and Banka for participating today. And I want to thank all our listeners for listening in. This has been the Pursuit of Resolution podcast. Thank you so much, Ayush, Shishti, uh, Varun, and others for listening, uh, for participating. And thank you, everyone, for listening in. Um, um, this has been... <laughs> thanks to Adarsh, Ayush, Varun, and Shishti for listening. And thanks to all our listeners for participating in today's episode. <laughs> Varun, just cut that out. Leave that, in, leave, that in, leave that in blue. Start this again. <laughs> Um, no, put, yes. it, put it after thank the you. outro music. <laughs> put it after the outro music as a blooper. Um, so thank you, uh, Shishti, Adarsh, Varun, and Satish uh, for parts. <laughs> Satish? No. Varun and Satish, nice. <laughs>